Red Baron's new fully loaded hand-tossed style pizza is so full of topping. Hold on there, partner. That there pizza is big enough for the both of us. With a half pound of toppings and a soft, chewy crust, it sure is. Problem is, though, this town ain't. <gasps> Introducing the Red Baron fully loaded hand-tossed style pizza. Share something awesome. Welcome into A to Z Sports, powered by the BetMGM app. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Sam Phelan, our Titans reporter for A to Z Sports.com. Uh, make sure you follow us all over social media because we are Nashville's on-demand sports talk network going live weekday mornings at 8 central time on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Links to the show segment by segment on our Twitter timeline at A to Z Sports. And make sure you follow us on Instagram and TikTok for more Titans coverage. We got to make sure we thank our sponsors because they make it happen uh, for us and they help out all of you like Wilson County Hyundai make them a part of your new car buying process by going to see them in Lebanon or at wilsoncountyhyundai.com the bone and joint institute boneandjointtn.org the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care and farm your health plans get better with farm your health plans better coverage rates and service learn more about a health plan for you at fbhp.com slash atoz uh so sam we kick off this week as i said nfl owners meetings uh do get started today for their spring sessions and so afc head coaches are slated to talk to the media uh later on today so that means uh that we will hear from titans head coach mike Vrabel at some point on this monday but uh, a lot to get to and Rand carthon talked to jim wyatt of tennesseetitans.com uh, yesterday and you know, Jimmy put up all those videos uh, on his social media and we've got some of those reactions like the reaction to Kevin Byard that Buck wrote uh, last night about what Rand Carthon had to say about the Kevin Byard rumors and he also updated uh, the status of Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill where the update was basically that there's no update and so as far as we know uh, the last thing about Ryan Tannehill from Rand Carthon is that he is still on the Titans roster as the quarterback and is the starting quarterback until he is not. But Sam, we played our keep one, cut one, trade one game on Friday. And I think people really enjoyed it. I mean, it, from the numbers, it looked like people were intrigued by it. But just to refresh and to reset from our Friday conversation, Sam, we had cut one, keep one, trade one. What were your three answers on those three players? Well, I believe that the Titans should keep Kevin Byard because he is still at the very top of his game and probably has the most years left of really competitive football. Uh, and then if I'm trading and cutting one of Tannehill or Henry, I view Ryan Tannehill as the trade piece that the Titans get more trade value out of. Uh, and so a trade would make more sense for Tannehill to me. Uh, and I think you can cut Derrick Henry to clear that money if that's what you choose to do. But Ryan Tannehill is the big trade chip of the three because he plays quarterback that you could net possibly the biggest return for him. Yeah, and and for you know the sake of you know this is the game that we played. I don't you know we made an unfortunate game, an ugly yes. game. Yeah, but it, it was an entertaining game. I I I believe, and so my answers were I think also you keep Kevin Byard, and the way I went with the cut or trade option is I think Derrick Henry is more likely to be traded before 
this upcoming draft and Ryan Tannehill would be likely to be traded after this upcoming draft where uh, teams go after the top four quarterbacks or so um, in this uh, in this uh, draft and then they settle on who's doesn't have a quarterback, right? And so I said uh, to trade Derrick Henry for this draft and to cut Ryan Tannehill after the draft, maybe uh, once some of the dust settles around the league when it comes to that, because we all know that moving on from Ryan Tannehill would save the Titans a considerable amount of money uh, if they uh, keep him, uh, then they, you know, have to pay him and, and he counts 36 plus million dollars on the salary cap this year. You can cut him now and save 17.8, or you can trade him uh, after June 1st or cut him after June 1st and save $27 million. So there's options there for the Ryan Tannehill aspect of this. So Sam, as I mentioned, I do think there are a couple interesting trade partners or potential trade partners for Titans quarterback Ryan Tannehill. And it really comes down to me, in my opinion, on who I think is sitting at a desperate situation when it comes to their quarterback situation. And I I, I land on, on two teams. And I think these make sense. The Jets at some point, at one point early this offseason, was a big talking point on potentially trading for Tannehill if they miss out on Aaron Rodgers and if they miss out on their backup plan of Derek Carr. So we know Aaron Rodgers is still plan A for the New York Jets. They have still yet to work out the compensation with the Packers and the Jets on Aaron Rodgers. And then you have Derek Carr, who already has gone to the New Orleans Saints. And so now I think the Jets, if Aaron Rodgers' situation does fall through, then yeah, I think the Jets could be there for Ryan Tannehill, but the Jets are not one of my two potential trade partners. Sam, I think I look at the New York Jets involved in this situation and think there is a team in the AFC East that is staring fourth place in the face, and that team is very not comfortable with fourth place in their division because I don't know the last time the New England Patriots have been fourth place in the AFC East. And and I don't know if you can look this up real quick, but even when Tom Brady – tore his ACL in like week one from Bernard Pollard back in like 2009. I think it was Matt Castle was able to take the new England Patriots to a winning record, but they missed the playoffs. So they were not fourth place in the East. The new England Patriots, I don't think have been fourth place in the East in in a long, long time. The last time the Patriots were fourth or last place in their division was uh, 2000 where they went five and 11 the next year they won the Super Bowl and it has not happened since. So, so there you go. So I think the New England Patriots, uh, and, and and you know, right, Daniel says 2008 was when Brady tore his ACL. Uh, I guess that's correct because 2007 was the 16 and 0. It was yep, the year 2008, after. 2008, they went 11 and 5 uh, with under Matt, Matt Castle. Castle. Yeah, right. So I was, you know, one year off on that. So I think the New England Patriots could be a potential trade partner for Ryan Tannehill because if Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets, you've already got Josh Allen in uh, Buffalo with the Bills and then Tua and the Miami Dolphins. Look, Tua is not whatsoever like solidified as a bona fide stud quarterback, but you look at what the Dolphins roster is and the Dolphins roster is extremely competitive and was a playoff team, a wildcard team from a year ago. 
So I think if you are a Bill Belichick, if you are the New England Patriots, you have to look at the potential of Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, and a star-studded Miami Dolphins roster with Tua in your division and say, is Mac Jones going to be the guy that could help us compete in this division? And we also have to think Bill Belichick is not exactly young. And Bill Belichick, like we've mentioned, has not won uh, or has not lost really in over 20 years. Does Bill Belichick want to go to the AFC East battle with Mac Jones and the rest of that offense, or is Ryan Tannehill a worthy upgrade that can come in and compete in that division to make a wild card or a divisional uh, playoff spot? It's an interesting one. Uh, not one that I've thought about or really has been talked about at all with where New England is, because uh, despite the struggles that even Mac Jones had last season and the Bailey Zappi era for whatever three games that that mm-hmm. was, they found a way to be competitive until right up, like right up until the very end. So you know that Bill Belichick's teams are going to find a way to play good defense and stay in games, but they have lacked playmakers in recent years, and now they no longer have Jacoby Myers. So I, I don't know what that offense even looks like right now. Um, I don't hate that fit. It's just hard to see how Ryan Tannehill is the difference maker for New England when I think they're missing a lot of the other complementary pieces around him that they could, I mean, who, who have they gotten this off season? I, they made a move at tight end, I think. And they got, uh, I don't know. Where is new England at? They, uh, they signed it. Who's Juju the free Smith Schuster. I yeah, believe Juju Smith Schuster is the receiver they signed, uh, because they allowed Jacoby Myers to go. Uh, and they also, uh, decided to, cut Johnu Smith. You know, they have brought in some pieces. There's been some talk and interest that uh, our Doug Kayat at IzzySports.com reported that the Patriots have been interested and were at the Odell Beckham Jr. workout. And so, again, I, it's kind of like the Mike Vrabel thought, right? It's the Mike Vrabel is, has no interest in tanking or no interest in rebuilding. I don't think Bill Belichick does either. And I think we feel good about that. But still, like if if you're the Patriots, I think I feel way better. And this is just me. I feel better about Ryan Tannehill than I do Mac Jones. And so I think the New England Patriots is a potential trade partner for uh, Ryan Tannehill. It, again, this is if if the Titans want to move away from Ryan Tannehill, which we do not necessarily think. Uh, but I, I do think after this draft, the Patriots uh, could be a player, especially whenever this Aaron Rodgers to the Jets thing is done. Well, I'll tell you, I wrote down two teams as well. And I still have one more, too. New England was not one of my two. So, okay, the, just interested in seeing where you go with your other one because I did not even consider the Patriots as a potential option. Okay, that's good. And, you know, Jody says, wake and bake, Austin. No, look, guys, this is just a topic, and Ben asks, so is this real? Look, we are having conversations about potential moves because like we talked about on Friday – Rand Carthon is kind of stuck and you know, we've got all these graphics. They're out of money. They're out of money. Yeah, they are out of money. So, you know, we've got all these graphics banked in here from our uh, free agency conversation and all these things, but the F words pod did a good job of this Friday morning of putting together the Titans cap space. They have with 7.1, they need roughly four plus million for their draft picks. Excuse me with that draft pick pool. Aaron Bruin, Tier Tart are both tendered at second round options. Big Jeff needs to be paid, which could help you on the cap. But then we still have the decisions about Byard, Henry, and Tannehill. And then also Autry and Landry could be out there 
as moves there. So Rand Carthon is kind of in this spot where he's in order to continue to make this roster better, he has to make another subtraction somewhere, right? Or you're just stuck with the six draft picks that you have that are not, that's not that many draft picks. And so you have to really be able uh, to, to do some things. And so unloading some roster would make sense. And I think Ryan Tannehill is a tradable piece after the NFL draft. So I've got one more of mine, and then I want to get to uh, Sam's uh, uh, Sam's potential trade partners for Ryan Tannehill. Uh, and then we've also got a question for you guys. But first, let me tell you guys about the Bone & Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Whenever you get hurt in life, you have to know where to go and who can help you get back to health and not mess up that recovery because you only get one body, right? Make sure you take care of your body so you can have a good, fun, healthy life, a long, fun, healthy life. And no matter where you are in life, the Bone and Joint Institute can absolutely help you out. If you uh, just get hurt just by walking around, you slip in the rain, you, you fall down the stairs and you, you bang something up, no, no problem. The Bone and Joint Institute has a specialist to make you uh, get back to health. Or if you're playing rec sports, if your son or daughter playing youth sports uh, gets injured, They've got you covered right there, all in one building, right? That's right there in Franklin off of I-65 and Highway 96. Super easy to get to and very uh, easy for you at boneandjointtn.org. Today's show is powered by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Enjoy all of your favorite sports like never before with BetMGM. Sign up using the code ATOZ1000. That's ATOZ1000 or the code ATOZ Sports as a sign-up code and receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll gain access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, daily boosted odds specials, and so much more. Every game and every play means that much more with BetMGM at your fingertips. So find out why they are the king of sportsbooks by going to BetMGM.com and the BetMGM app. Sign up using sign-up code ATOZ Sports to get $1,000 back if your first bet doesn't hit. All right, so the potential trade partners for Ryan Tannehill. This is not something that we are hearing necessarily. This is not something uh, that we expect, but uh, it is worth the conversation because I don't think Ryan Tannehill is safe whatsoever on this roster. Rand Carthon uh, yesterday to Jim Wyatt on at TennesseeTitans.com said, quote, uh, I guess not a quote, just from Jim Wyatt. There is no update. There is no change in Derrick Henry or Ryan Tannehill's status with the Titans, meaning that they're both still under contract and on this roster as of right now. So going through the potential trade partners, my first one was the New England Patriots because of what else is happening in the AFC East. Um, and that is uh, if, uh, if whenever Aaron Rodgers does go to the New York Jets, you've got Josh Allen and the high-powered Bills, plus the Dolphins building a fantastic, spicy, fast, explosive roster around Tua. Bill Belichick wants no part of fourth place, and Mac Jones would probably send you to fourth place. So that's why I think the New England Patriots are a trade partner. Another trade partner, this is something that I think the Titans could be involved in on both sides, the Baltimore Ravens. If the Baltimore Ravens lose out on Lamar Jackson in whichever direction that goes. And the Titans could be a player. I think the Titans should have interest in Lamar Jackson after this draft. I think the Baltimore Ravens are going to be sitting there with the quarterback need. And they're also in a division that's pretty tough with 
the Bengals all in with Joe Burrow, the Browns all in with Deshaun Watson. And then you have the Steelers rebuilding with Kenny Pickett as a rookie last year. The Baltimore Ravens have a good roster. They made the playoffs with Lamar missing the last uh, six games um, of the season. I think the Baltimore Ravens could be in position to add Ryan Tannehill if Lamar Jackson goes elsewhere. And like I've said the past week or so, after the draft is when I think Lamar is going to have movement on this situation, whether it's an offer sheet and he stays in Baltimore, an offer sheet and he goes to wherever the offer sheet is. And so Baltimore could need a quarterback. And I think Ryan Tannehill could be an option there. So New England and Baltimore are my two potential trade partners for Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, I think Baltimore is another one similar to New England that uh, like, I guess they don't really come to the front of your mind when you think about teams that need a quarterback, but mainly that's because of the Lamar Jackson kind of sweepstakes dominating the news cycle out of Baltimore right now. But if he is not in a Ravens uniform, they're in a really tough spot because you have a very competitive roster, uh, a very good head coach, and by all accounts, like playoff caliber team that then would have a big hole at, at quarterback. And Tyler Huntley is not the guy that you want to hit your wagon to and say, let's uh, let's go to the playoffs or let's go to the Super Bowl. You need a veteran in that building that can uh, help the Ravens, you know, go to the next level. So yeah, I could see that for sure. If Lamar Jackson does go elsewhere, uh, could they be a player for Ryan Tannehill? My biggest red flag, I guess, Austin, was if they're not going to pay Lamar, how committed is Baltimore going to be paying 30 whatever million dollars it would be it, to Ryan Tannehill for his big cap hit and stuff like that. That seems a little counterintuitive. Well, I don't think it's that they're unwilling to pay Lamar Jackson. I think it's the fact that they don't know how to negotiate with Lamar Jackson. And because Lamar is, you know, doesn't have an agent and he's still only operating as himself. The NFL is barred. Whoever that guy was, that was opposed reportedly reaching out to other teams for, Lamar's behalf and Lamar has denied that, but I think the the Ravens are willing to pay Lamar Jackson something. It's just, they don't know how to negotiate this. And so that's why they're in that situation. And so I think if, you know, the Ravens have been building around a running offense for the last five years with Lamar, you know, I think Ryan Tannehill, while he's not Lamar Jackson, obviously Ryan Tannehill obviously fits in a run first offense uh, but it's a different type of run first offense because Ryan Tannehill's not going to use his legs to be a threat like for an offense. So it, it would require building a different style of offense around Ryan Tannehill, knowing that you are probably going to do less read options and, and you know, roll your quarterback out a lot less because that's not what Ryan Tannehill's built, built for. You want to keep him healthy. So yeah, uh, but, but Ryan Tannehill is actually, I think his best when he's, when he's being moved, I think that's what Arthur Smith did uh, so well is that he moved Ryan Tannehill around. And one of the things that Todd Downing failed at was the fact that he did not do that as much. And Tannehill got hurt when he was standing in the pocket rather than moving around like that. And so I, you know, I kind of disagree. And we also have to remember that the Ravens changed offensive coordinators. They fired Greg Roman uh, who they, was building Lamar Jackson offense. They bring in Todd Munkin from the college game. And so there's somewhat of a fresh start overall with a new play caller in Baltimore, just like a new play caller here in Tennessee. 
Noah says it would only be 18 for them on the cap. I believe it would be 27. No, I mean, that's the base salary for Ryan Tannehill. So $27 million is what, I mean, unless the Titans were to take some sort of a piece of that contract in a trade, but $27 million is what you're committing to Ryan Tannehill this season. If you're trading for him, that's a lot of money. So, I mean, a lot less than what Lamar Jackson will be. But I think the Ravens would rather have Lamar Jackson over the long haul rather than Tannehill for just one season. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't hate that one, but I don't love that one. That's another team that doesn't have a ton of weapons. And like what we've learned about Ryan Tannehill is that sure he's accurate, but he needs guys that can create separation or make a big play for him down the field. Who in Baltimore is really doing that for him? I mean, the Ravens offense is built around Lamar Jackson's speed and athleticism his ability to make plays with his legs, and then everybody else's ability to make plays with the ball in space. I don't know how Ryan Tannehill fits into the identity of that roster right now. So that would be kind of a tough fit and a tough sell for me. All right. I think you missed oh. an obvious one. Oh, so I said Patriots and Ravens, and Sam thinks I missed the obvious one. So what's the obvious one there, Sam? Well, I think the slam dunk team that I, I would say is would be my betting favorite to land him right now is Washington. Uh, I think the Washington commanders, like you have the weapons in place. You have Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson and Curtis Samuel. You have a good young running back and Brian Robinson. You have the defense and the front four and a veteran aging head coach that wants to compete and wants to win. You have an owner that might be on his way out <laughs> looking to sell and get the last bit of value out of the franchise that you can. And you have Sam Howell and Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. That's not going to work. And they've found ways to compete in recent years, despite Carson Wentz, Sam Howell, Jacoby Brissett type of guys at quarterback. Add a veteran in Ryan Tannehill, Washington's a playoff team. I I feel very, very confident in that one, that that would be a really good fit for them uh, across the board. I I think that would be the easy fit for me right now. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. All right. So let's ask the audience here because I I think this is an interesting question and it kind of looks beyond just uh, the NFL or beyond just the Titans and more into the NFL. So we're asking the, we're talking about potential trade partners for Ryan Tannehill. I said Baltimore and new England, Sam going with Washington. Did you have another one? Uh, I do have another, I I have actually two other ones written down. Three. Well, I had, I had, I had two main ones and then a third one that okay. I thought, I thought you'd hit on at least one of them and you just, you, you went a completely So different- we total will have five. Okay. So let's ask the question of this and then I'm sure we can uh, work your other options in uh, to the answers. Cause here's the question. Who will be the most quarterback desperate team after the draft? Who will be the most quarterback desperate team after the NFL draft? That's what I'm kind of curious about as well. So who will be, uh, the most desperate team after this upcoming draft. And we'll discuss that. I'm sure there's actually a mock draft that we might be talking about some tomorrow uh, with what the Titans might be doing. So we'll, we'll kind of save that in our back pocket. Uh, but first, let me tell you guys about Farm Bureau Health Plans, fbhp.com slash ATOZ. I was actually talking with somebody yesterday about Farm Bureau Health Plans and how they can help them out. Because Farm Bureau Health Plans can help out a bunch of different types of people, right? If you're you know, a senior citizen, if you're looking for that uh, later in life care, they've got Medicare covered and they have been doing that for a long, long time with Farm Bureau Health Plans. If you're a young professional and you're 
you're about to turn 26 and you don't know how to enter uh, this adulthood of having your own health coverage, Farm Bureau Health Plans can e educate you there. Or if you're a self-employed entrepreneur, maybe that's your path in this life and it's hard to go get health coverage. Just like Zach has done, you can go to fbhp.com slash ATOZ. And that's where Farm Bureau Health Plans, I think, has a fantastic value. So for anybody who's an independent contractor, anybody who's self-employed, an entrepreneur, owning your own business, and you can't rely on whatever company it is to provide your health plans, Farm Bureau Health Plans of Tennessee, they will make sure that you've got it right there. They've been doing it for Tennesseans for over 75 years. So check them out at fbhp.com slash ATOZ. Today's show is powered by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, and you need to sign up uh, using the code ATOZ Sports on the BetMGM app and receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't hit. The risk uh, of gambling can be scary sometimes. You know, the risk is free here with BetMGM because uh, a risk-free bet and some bonus bets up to $1,000 if your first bet doesn't hit. That's the way to do it. So, Register with BetMGM, get access to parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, daily boosted odds specials, and a lot more. Make every game and every play mean more with BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. All right, A to Z Sports here live on this Monday. Tress, uh, Trey, our, our guy Trey says, A-plus ad read, Austin. Thank you, appreciate that. Uh, so here's the question, Sam. We're asking everybody here, who will be the most quarterback desperate team in the NFL after the NFL draft, right? Because we know the Panthers are going to get somebody. <clears throat> we know the Texans are going to get somebody. We think the Colts are, but who will be the most quarterback desperate team after the draft? Sam, I'll send you to the chat to see what everybody's saying uh, in the conversation this morning. Well, John says Atlanta, uh, another John saying the Falcons, Xavier says uh, the Falcons, uh, Commanders want to see what they have. And Sam Howell says Lee. Titans Kyle says Atlanta. Jody says Tennessee. Tennessee will be the most quarterback desperate team. Demario says Washington. We have uh, another Atlanta Falcons from John. The Titans from Chaz. Uh, Oakland from Steven. So I believe he means Vegas. Las Vegas. But they have uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm Jimmy Garoppolo. But I, yeah. you know, how happy are they with him? Uh, we've got Will saying the Commanders, the Falcons from Tighten Up, the Falcons from Clayton Smith, the Ravens from Xavier, the Jets still, says MB, the Titans from Eric, Washington, says Brad, Atlanta from Steven, the Ravens from John, uh, Denise also says the Titans with a little uh, laughing at the misery, I suppose, with a little LOL there, uh, the Falcons from Brian, the Ravens from CJ, the 49ers from John, that's a that's a good one right there because uh, Brock Purdy is probably not going to be playing next season. So it is the Trey Lance era in San Francisco officially. But it needs to be the Trey Lance era for the Niners. Like they Doesn't... need to, they need to figure it out. Like they spent so much draft yeah. capital to go do it. Like it was supposed to be that this past year before he broke his leg. And yeah, so, but if, I mean, it, if it doesn't work, oh yeah, but they have to figure it out. Like that's, yeah. that's the thing with San Francisco. It's now time for them to figure it the hell out and, you know, and, and just see how it goes. That's what Noah says too, with uh, some lunch money says the 49ers are a good fit with Brock Purdy out. Uh, that that's true. It's just, uh, you know, how willing are they to pay and move on a court, a veteran quarterback in case Trey Lance doesn't work out versus just letting Trey Lance kind of take the reins here, but a very competitive roster around them. 
Uh, we've got uh, the Ravens from John. Uh, we've got the Titans from Rob Wright. Tampa Bay or Washington from Mecco. Uh, we have the Falcons from Mark D. Washington from Patrick. Atlanta from Titans Kyle. The Titans from Billy. Uh, the Colts will be desperate from Jason Martinez. Maybe the Colts don't go get a quarterback in the draft in this scenario. So uh, a good variety. Kane yeah. comes in with a super chat, says the Jets. Rodgers has them hostage. Uh, they would uh, build that team to his specs. Then he will retire. So that is one of mine that I have written down is the New York Jets. Okay. Because I got to tell you, I'm not convinced it's happening. If the Green Bay Packers are asking for a first round pick and more for Aaron Rodgers, I think two first round picks, it was said at one point, he's not going to be a Jet. A and, you know, the he, Aaron Rodgers has tanked a lot of the Packers leverage but the New York Jets also don't have any leverage but Green Bay might have to move him eventually because they don't want his option to start exercising onto their cap but I've come around to I don't know if this thing is going to happen or not I think there's still a chance that Green Bay won't move away from Aaron Rodgers for the the cheap price that New York is hoping to get him at and that thing kind of blows up in their face and the Jets can go another direction. I think we have to consider that still. I think it's, I, I just think it's going to happen because if it doesn't, then you've got the Jets ownership looking as bad as it could possibly look. Do, do they? I mean, like they wanted to go get Aaron Rodgers. They committed to going to get Aaron Rodgers, but they're not going to give but up. Aaron Rodgers also said on like a massively viewed streaming show with Pat McAfee, I intend to play for the New York Jets. And so you've got Aaron Rodgers saying he wants to be a Jet. And now Woody but Johnson that, has but all does, this. I mean, that doesn't mean that you just tank all of your draft capital and sink it all to Green Bay in order yeah, to get the, Aaron Rodgers. Like, it doesn't matter what Aaron says publicly. You have to make a trade. But Right. But just like the Niners have to figure out Trey Lance, the Packers have to they, – the Packers have to go with Jordan Love. But – which is why Green Bay has lost all of their leverage in these negotiations. So if you're the Jets, why are you moving a first-round pick for a guy that you know Green Bay has to get rid of and a guy that has already said publicly wants to play for you? So – Yeah, it's interesting. It, it is interesting. I don't so – but I think, like, all signs point to Aaron Rodgers being a New York Jet at this point in time, but it's like we can't forget that that deal is not done and that there's still a lot of very expensive things and hoops to jump through uh, to make it happen. If it doesn't, they're as good of a candidate as anybody to land Ryan Tannehill or another veteran because yeah, they need help. They no, need I would agree. I, I would agree. The Jets are an option for Tannehill if the Aaron Rodgers thing does fall. And real quick, this is why I find this topic hilarious and you know questionable because back-to-back -back comments here lane says packers have all the leverage jimbo says packers have no leverage and i really haven't seen a trade negotiation in recent memory that is you could make a legitimate argument for either team to have the leverage of green bay can sit back and say well jets we know you don't want to go with zach wilson we know you need a quarterback and you need Aaron Rodgers and you've missed out on the other options. You need to make this trade. And the Jets can sit back and say, 
well, we know that you need to see what Jordan Love has and you can't pay Aaron another year and that you need him off your books and you can't just cut him. Mm -hmm. So it can go back and forth. And typically when that's a situation, you're hard pressed to get a deal done. So Sam, I'll ask you, who do you think will be the most quarterback desperate team after the NFL draft? I do think it's Washington. Uh, I think that they're the slam dunk desperate team that has the ready to win roster with a ready to win head coach and not a ready to win QB. Uh, you lost your insurance policy and in Taylor Heineke to my second team, which is the Atlanta Falcons because uh, they have a, a whole kind of mess going on with Heineke and Desmond Ritter. Uh, the only reason Atlanta was not a top target for me in terms of trading for Ryan Tannehill is I don't believe they are necessarily trying to compete this year. Uh, I, I don't think that, you know, the playoffs and an NFC South title is something that is they're ready to do as a roster right now. So I, I think they're better suited for a quarterback next year and continuing to build things around the next guy and Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke can figure it out for at least a season. I think the Falcons, I mean, this has been their public stance that they really, really like Desmond Ritter. And if you're, if you remember uh, it's only been a year, but the pro comp for Desmond Ritter coming out of Cincinnati was Ryan Tannehill. And so yeah. I, I, and so I, you know, with Arthur Smith there, I, I think I don't know a lot of Falcons fans, which is kind of weird because Atlanta and Nashville are very close, but I just don't know a lot of Falcons fans. I think Arthur Smith has job security in Atlanta because I, I, from, you know, a thousand, 10,000 foot view, it seems like that they're committed. I would committed say so. I would say term. so. And so yeah. if you're Arthur Smith and, and Desmond Ritter and, and it, you know, the comp for him is Tannehill, then I think Arthur Smith would want to see the third round pick version of Ryan Tannehill through more than just one year especially when they have Kyle Pitts and now Jonu Smith too, right? Like they've got, you know, really good tight ends. Drake London and, you know, uh, another good downfield weapon for them. They signed Mac Hollins in the off season. So they're, so they're, that doesn't that feel like uh, Desmond Ritter as a Ryan Tannehill could make positive steps uh, with the Falcons. I mean, I, yeah, no, so, certainly, which is why I don't think that they're a slam dunk fit to like go make a trade for somebody right now. It's just not where they're at as a franchise. In like, I look at Washington and I say that team is ready to win and they're ready to win now. Like, they have all the pieces, they've developed all the pieces, they're paying some of the pieces. They need a guy under center that can lead them to the playoffs and make them more competitive in the NFC East. And in Ron Rivera's own words, the thing that kept them back from taking the next step in the NFC East was the quarterback and their lack of quarterback play. I don't look at Atlanta in the same light. I think they're a year or two away. And as long as Arthur Smith has some job security there, you see what you have in Desmond Ritter, try and develop him and figure out if he's your guy. And if not, you're probably going to be pretty bad and you can make a move on somebody in the draft. So I think when I'm answering the question of who's the mo who will be the most quarterback desperate team after the draft, I, I look at two. I think Washington is is one of them. And I think I look at the two divisions of which two divisions this past year had the most like playoff teams slash playoff bubble teams. In the East divisions on both conferences had really really competitive teams top to bottom. 
And so that's where I, I really do think the New England Patriots are sitting there if, and this is a big if, right? If the Aaron Rodgers and the Jets thing does go through like Aaron Rodgers intends it to, I think I just look at the Patriots and say, they are like, like you said it, 2000, the year 2000 is the last time the New England Patriots were last place. And that was even before they had the current divisional setup. If you want to really go make it feel like it was that much longer ago. And so Bill Belichick, I think, would be interested in a quarterback that can help him compete for a playoff spot. And Mac Jones is not doing that. And Devin brings up uh, a, a team too, who is in Tampa. I thought about the Bucks. Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. Uh, and then Trask. you've got Kyle Trask. And the, here's the problem with the Bucks, though, is that their cap is not in a great spot because of all the moves they did to make sure they can maximize the few years of Tom Brady. And so I, I think the Bucks are more willing. They got the Super Bowl. Like, they're kind of like the Rams, They're right? also paying Baker Mayfield, like, $8 million yeah, something like right. that. Like that's a good amount of money for a guy that you have no intention of playing by going and getting another guy. Like I would assume Baker Mayfield's their starter and that they're more than okay with that for right now. Yeah, just like, you know, the Rams won their Super Bowl and they are kind of understanding that they need to fix some stuff. And the Bucks won their Super Bowl with Brady. They now know they have to fix some stuff. And so uh, I, I think that's where the Bucks are just not a player this year. I think the Bucks best case scenario is that one of the four quarterbacks in the top of the draft falls to them. I think they're at 19 or 20. Yeah. I think that's where that's their like, or falls out of the top 10 where it makes it move up more realistic. Yeah. And then they can go reset. And so I I think that is where the bucks are at. That's their best case scenario that I just don't think is very likely because I don't think any of the four quarterbacks are going to fall like that. All right. It is esports here live. Uh, so just to reset here, my tr- uh, two potential trade partners for Ryan Tannehill, I have one uh, being the New England Patriots, who I think could be the most desperate team for a quarterback after the draft, and the other, the Baltimore Ravens, after the draft and after Lamar Jackson would be moving on uh, from the Baltimore Ravens. And Sam, your your team, your potential trade partners for Ryan Tannehill as well. Yeah, well – Mine, mine's Washington and mine is the New York Jets, who I think are the top two. Um, I just look for a team, like I've mentioned, that I think is ready to win, ready to compete. And I view as a quarterback away. Both those teams are, whether the Jets are in their Aaron Rodgers sweep th- sweepstakes and they are able to land him, we will see. Uh, but as of right now, I think those are two teams that I look at as uh, they could certainly use him and could probably afford to make a trade and give the Titans what it takes to bring Ryan Tannehill in. All right, real quick. Noah's got some more lunchbox money. He says both, and this is about the Aaron Rodgers situation. Both teams think they have the leverage when neither does between the jets and Packers. That's why the deal isn't done. Packers hiked up the price on the jet. So that's from Noah to kind of wrap up that comment. And, and yeah, and that's kind of my point with it is both think they have leverage. Neither one does. So a deal isn't done, but what is the path to getting a deal done? Unless both teams swallow their pride and say, all right, you know what? We let's just get a deal done. That helps both of us, um, which could happen. But if it doesn't, you're looking at two teams that have very different priorities and understandings of where they're at in this uh, negotiations. And that's usually the recipe for not getting a deal done. 
Yeah, no kidding. A to Z Sports here live on this Monday. Sam, let's get to our next topic. The Titans uh, have an updated power ranking spot in ESPN.com's NFL power rankings. And uh, I have both stock up and stock down emojis on the graphic here, but I think we all might guess that it's not the one that's going in the positive direction. It is stock down. This is the updated power rankings from ESPN.com. They're way too early power ranking from ESPN.com after the Super Bowl was 24. Now currently at 26 after um, the first big wave of free agency. And then, you know, our guy TD at ESPN gave a blurb on the under the radar move. So not necessarily TD's. This is not Tehran's ranking, right? Let's just make that clear. So I don't want people going after our guy TD. But his uh, top under the radar move was Aziz Al Shire. Did, did you guys play the video uh, Thursday of how to pronounce his name correctly? Uh, no, I, okay. I have been saying Al Shire, I believe is okay, what so it is. That is still up in the air. So we, we were going to do that, but then I think we got distracted uh, last week. So maybe we'll have to do that tomorrow and get the official rating. But uh, Tehran gives the reason of why Aziz will be the top under the radar signing there. So, uh, so 26th, here's the question for you guys here. Fair or foul? Titans dropped the 26th in ESPN's updated power rankings after free agency. So fair or foul, the Titans dropped to 26. Uh, and Sam, I'll let you do the honors and talk about our friends at Wilson County Hyundai. Wilson County Hyundai, you need to make them a part of your new car buying process in Lebanon or at Wilson County Hyundai. Com. Wilson County Hyundai is the place to go for your new ride. You can get 0% APR for 48 months on 2023 Sonatas, Santa Fe's, or Tucson's. Payne Bone and his team at Wilson County Hyundai are happy to guide you through the financing process, assisting with buying or trading in your vehicle. This is the spot. Wilson County Hyundai. Forget those downtown Nashville prices. They're out in Lebanon. So you can go to Lebanon to see our friends at WilsonCountyHyundai.com. Also with BetMGM, Sam's told you about the first bet offer you can get with our bonus code ATOZ Sports, where you get uh, up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet misses. But you can also, if you've already signed up with BetMGM because of ATOZ Sports, you can get more bonus bets. If you use the refer friend invitation, you get $50 in bonus bets for every friend that signs up with your refer friend invitation. So you log into your bone uh, bet MGM app. You go to refer friend invitation. You can send that out to up to 20 friends. And for every friend, you get $50 in bonus bets. They also get $50 in bonus bets when they sign up with your invitation. So check that out right there. That's up to $1,000 more in bonus bets just by having your friends sign up with BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 or older, Tennessee-only, new and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligible requirements. Rewards issued with knowledgeable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in seven days. And for problem games, support call Tennessee Redline, 800-889-9789. Uh, Sam here live on a Monday. We're asking fair or foul, the Titans dropped to 26 from 24 in ESPN's updated power rankings after the first wave of free agency. Uh, Sam, I'll send you to the chat. I'll just kind of go through a couple teams that are around the Titans because dropping from 24 to 26 uh, after these signings is not great. Now, we do know the Titans made a lot of subtractions, uh, but at 24 now is the New Orleans Saints, who have jumped up a couple spots. The Rams are at 25. They've dropped. Uh, the Titans at 26. The Bears at 27. They've gone up a couple. There you go, Sam. 
Uh, the Falcons at 28, they've dropped. The Bucks at 29, they've dropped. The Colts at 30, the Texans at 31, and the Cardinals at 32. So 26 out of 32 still gets you second place in your division for the AFC Par- Yeah, apparently. Uh, let's go to the chat. Eric says it's fair. Steven says it's fair. Uh, we got Fonzo says foul. Uh, we have fair from Ken, fair from top tier, fair from John, foul from Trent. We have fair from Steven, fair from Brent, fair from Brad. Pat is fair. Xavier is fair. Orlando is fair. Elizabeth is fair. Gene is fair. Uh, Jason says fair without Tannehill. The Titans are in the top 15 with Tannehill. Titans Kyle says foul. Don't tell me there's only six teams worse than us. Uh, we got foul from Matt. We have fair from Ryan Clark, fair from Scott, fair from Robert, fair from Reginald, fair from John, fair from Jerome, foul from Patrick, fair from Caleb. Uh, Billy says fair after the last seven games and that seven game losing streak. Devin is foul. It should be worse. Uh, so he's kind of taken the uh, alternate approach to that. Mm-hmm. Eric says foul. Titans lost two linebackers for one. Uh, and we have erect says fair. Michael Snyder says fair. Austin, uh, I'll go first here. I think yeah. this is foul. Oh. This is foul for me. Uh, what? W- look at this real quick. Drop down from 24 to 26 after free agency. This is after a number of the moves they've made. The Titans are not the 26th best team in the NFL. They should be higher on this list. They have the Carolina Panthers, the Los Angeles Rams, the Green Bay Packers with the Aaron Rodgers shenanigans, the Raiders who lost Derek Carr and downgraded to Jimmy Garoppolo, all ranked ahead of the Titans. I'm not buying that at all. I'm 7-10 and 10 last year with the amount of injuries that they've had. I think while free agency has been a little bit under the radar and a little mm-hmm. bit quieter, they've improved in a number of areas or at least gotten replacement-level guys at a number of positions. So... I don't see this team as being that low in terms of the grand scheme of things in the NFL, because you still have Mike Vrabel. You still have a very good defense and a defense that I think uh, on paper, at least is complete and competitive. Uh, And you still have Derrick Henry in the backfield, at least for now. So they got some work to do up front. They got to add some wide receivers. Still, this is not the 26th best team in the NFL. They're not that bad. They should be higher on the list. So, you know, Jason says, Sam spitting facts. Jimbo says, get them, Sam. Uh, Jimbo also says, foul AF. Uh, GK says, think about how deflating it would be to see Tannehill as a starter come season start. You would immediately get zero sense of hope. Damn shame. Like, that's Gino's opinion there. So, I, Sam, I actually think it's fair for the Titans to drop the 26th. I, I think the reasoning is because Nobody knows exactly who the Titans are still going to have on their roster. I, you know, I know Rand Carthon can tell Jim Wyatt that but there's your, no update. Your power right. ranking has to be on who's on your roster right now. Right, but I, I, I think I mean, I think fair. I mean, if you want to view it that way, you can. But I think people around the league and the, the people at ESPN.com that are putting together the power rankings still look at the Titans and say, and I don't know who's going to be on the team. I don't know which way this is going to go. Like we've talked about this now for two shows in a row. Rand's got to subtract more before we can go add. And so who's the next subtraction? They've already cut the obvious ones and they cut the ones that were not helping them, but taking up a lot of money. 
minus Ben Jones. He was helping them. And are the LA Rams better than the Titans? I'm, I think because of their quarterback and head coach, I think that they are. Yeah, I would say no. so. No, they're not. The, but you the know Matt Stafford's going to be there. You, I like Ryan Tannehill more than I like Ryan's, Matt Stafford right I, now. Coming I just off think, that but you don't, but I think it's more of the fact that you feel more comfortable understanding what the Rams are going to look like now. Then you do the Titans. I, I do understand what the Rams are going to look like. They're going to stink. They're right, going to be bad. The Titans, the Titans might stink, but they also might stink more. Like, I, like I don't unless they go after Lamar Jackson. I don't see the Titans really getting that much better. The Titans, as they currently line up on their roster, better or worse than the team that ended the year? Well, I mean. Because Tannehill was on IR and he's no longer on IR. So your seven-game losing streak last year was with a banged-up Ryan Tannehill that wasn't mm-hmm. healthy, with Traylon Burks out for a number of games and a lack of uh, you know wide receiving threats. You had your a lot of your defense. Harold Landry a torn ACL. You add Harold Landry to this year's team, and he wasn't on last year's team, coming off of a twelve-sack twenty twenty-one season. Ryan Tannehill, hypothetically more healthy, more mobile. You have patched the hole at left yeah, tackle I mean, that I, used to I, be I Dennis. It. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a toss up. They're better in some spots, no doubt about it. But they're probably going to be worse in some spots, and there's a lot of unknown. Like I get they're what you're better saying. Than 26th in the NFL. I just think okay, we're not. I think it's a fair foul, and you say it's foul, which, which is, is why good. it's foul because I, I think they're a far more competitive team than number twenty-six, and I think oh. the teams that are listed in front of them are not better teams than. I think the they're team. I think they're way more competitive than whatever their power ranking shows them, but I think the process and the thought behind putting them twenty-six is fair, because I still think there's so much up in the air when it comes to this team. You have no idea if Andre Dillard is going to be able to start at left tackle and be the guy because he's only started nine games. And and I and you have no idea if Traylon Burks can take that next step or who's going to be throwing the Traylon Burks. You have no you really don't know what Derrick Henry's status is going to be. Like and, but and like I I think until I think the draft after the if if the Titans get through the draft and Derrick Henry is still a part of the team. I think now you can pump them up a little higher. But I feel like a power ranking is a reflection of how competitive you are right now. It it is supposed to be a reflection of how competitive your roster is. So why are they at 26 right now with Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry still on the roster, Kevin Byard still on the roster, and all these moves that they've made? Like That's where I think this is foul because if you're – if you are truly rating them at 26 as how competitive they are in the NFL, you're wrong. And if uh, you are rating them at 26 as a way of saying, we don't know what's going to happen trying to project what happens in the future, it's an unfair way to do power rankings. And you shouldn't have a team like Carolina who doesn't have a quarterback on their roster right now. Uh, yeah, but ahead but, of them. But, but what we know about Carolina is that they've added some legitimate weapons. Yeah, they they trade away DJ Moore, but they added in some legit weapons and some talent on offense. And then they have the number one overall pick to go get who they believe is the best quarterback in the draft. The Panthers, I think, and they're also playing in the NFC South. That's a god-awful division. 
and that have a chance to really do something. And so I understand the Panther situation. It's also about, you know, where they've been able to add and the, and the Titans have added under the radar. So if you think it's foul, where do you think the Titans should be? Like, what's the highest, like the Titans should be in your mind where you're like, ah, that's too high. Like, where's that line for you? So John says real quick, he says, it's about, it's the same team that lost the last seven games. No, it's not. Because the team that lost the last seven games had either an injured Ryan Tannehill, Malik Willis, or Josh Dobbs at quarterback. A healthy Ryan Tannehill should be back in 2023. Uh, the team that lost the last seven games of the season had an injured Traylon Burks for a period of time, did not have Harold Landry, had Dennis Daly at left tackle, uh, was missing David Long, was missing Christian Fulton, was missing key pieces uh, because of injury or otherwise to their recipe. Now, the team that takes the field week one, obviously injuries might happen before then, but the team that on paper takes the field week one right now is significantly improved from the team that struggled down the stretch of last season. I don't think there's really any debating that. So uh, where would they be for me? Probably about 20. Uh, I mean, you, exactly. I don't think I could put them up into like the playoff tier because there's a lot of teams that either were in the playoffs last year or have uh, made significant, significant facelifts and improvements to their thing. But like they have Denver ahead of uh, Tennessee, which well, that's because I, it's Sean Payton. They have Sean they have Payton, Sean Payton. There and fix that stuff. Sean right? like Nathaniel Hackett was, but Nathaniel Hackett was an absolute disaster. And so, so getting we're, Sean Payton. Like that's a massive we're upgrade. Add Sean. Like sh the Broncos have this big roster centered around Russell Wilson. They were terrible last season. They add Sean Payton, and we're going to boost them up in the power rankings. But we're not going to give Mike Vrabel any credit for his pedigree as a head coach or what he has been able to do with the Titans. Well, that's because the, the Broncos defense was very good. The Broncos offense was god awful. The Titans Daniel Hackett got was the best run defense in the NFL. I mean, yeah, it's but still Sam, a good but Sam, defense. like let, let's look at it, like. With an offensive head coach in Nathaniel Hackett, the offense sucked and the defense was really good. Now you have Sean Payton, who is a massive upgrade over Nathaniel Hackett with a good defense, and now the offense will be better. That's that's where the Broncos are. I think the Broncos should be ahead of the Tennessee Titans. And so, you know, that that look, I don't want to get too deep into this, but you know, so you think 20 to 21, is that what you said? Where the Titans? Yeah, I, I think that they are above the bottom tier of teams by a significant margin um, and somewhere in between the non-playoff and then the wild card teams where they're looking to take a leap into that playoff, like playoff tier uh, if things start to go right for them. But yeah, to so have you, them so down think... in the bottom handful at 26 is not good. That's All right, tough so spot. the Packers are at 20, Panthers 21, Washington 22, Denver 23, Saints 24, uh, and the Rams at 25. You think the Titans should be above most of those teams, if not all of them? Yeah, I do. I do. All right. All right. Sounds good. All right, A to Z Sports here live on this Monday. Let's go ahead and wrap up uh, with a Monday Ask Me Anything. And Sam, I'm going to ask – this isn't the topic yet, but I'm going to ask you. We had 431, 432 people enter our March oh, bracket pool. 432. How many brackets do you think still have their national champion alive? Because you've got the final four of UConn, San Diego State, FAU, and Miami. So there are 432 entries. 
how many brackets do you think still have their national champion alive? 11. Did you look it up? No, it's my guess. Sam, did you watch The the Price is Right? The Price is Right? Uh, Did you watch The Price is Right growing up? Yeah. All right, well, Sam, you're going to the showcase, dude, because the correct answer is 12, and you didn't bust. And so you are right there. You are right there. Yeah, I bet you it's like 11 people. or uh, Yeah, 11 people probably at UConn. There's like one FAU somewhere in there from somebody that was like probably went there and submitted that as their their option. But there are, okay. there are 12 out of 432 that still have their national champ alive. 10 of the 12 are UConn. There is one Miami. I'm right. There is... There is one San Diego State. Oh, there's no FAU. Oh. There's no FAU. And I've searched it. But well, 10 Yukons. And Luke, uh, was it Lucas just said? Uh, looks like Lucas said that he's 37th. And he has Yukon. Lucas ooh. right now is the third, is in third place out of the Yukon. So if Yukon wins, Lucas wins third place. And he's going to get paid out for that. He's going to get a prize for that. That's right. The top three get prizes. So uh, that I thought that was fascinating. So if UConn's a national champion, then we'll actually have multiple people who pick their correct champion. If any other team wins it, we'll have either one or zero. No FAU picks. One Miami, one San Diego State. I'm rooting uh, for it not to be UConn, unfortunately. Like, it, I, I know this might be, like, the hot take of the tournament, but, like... I don't know. I personally love when there's no like blue bloods at the end of the dance here. Like it's better for box offices, but last year where I think it was Duke, Carolina, Kentucky, Villanova, or whatever it was at the end or not Kentucky, but Nova, Kansas, Duke last year. Yeah. Duke, Carolina, Carolina Nova, Duke, and Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. And Kansas. So, but it, which is cool, but I like to see these teams that have never made the final four before getting a chance. The thought of being like, wow, one of FAU or San Diego States playing for a national title uh, later this week. It, that's cool to me. And I'd rather see a new team win it than just another year of UConn. I also heard a fun fact that like every year since like 2000 or something, the national champion has either been a one seed, a two seed or UConn. So interesting. All right. I, that's what I heard. I, you know, take it for what it's worth. But I heard it's a one seed, a two seed, or UConn every year since like 2000. So that's crazy. They're that's the crazy. only team that tends to like be the upset national title winner. But all right. So on the way out, my, the, the ask me anything is, you know, who do you want to win? Who do you, who would you be most entertained by if they were the college basketball national champion of the teams left in the final four? I, See, I wish I could have picked like Kansas State because they were, yeah, I think, Amer- they were America's team and Marquise Noel was just awesome. Um, I will say I will be rooting for FAU, I think, which I know Tennessee fans don't want to hear, but. No. I think FAU is phenomenal. I really like how they, like, they, they play with like controlled chaos. And I think it's great. I, I would be most entertained by FAU versus UConn in a national championship game. 
that would probably be an ugly game, but <laughs> oh, that would be up and down. Give me, man. give me FAU Miami and uh, the 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 game that we all had penciled into our brackets at the beginning of it: Florida Atlantic versus Miami in the national title. Just game. The South Florida national title. Yeah, I mean, I just uh, I like rooting for the underdog. I I think you know FAU. It'd be a funny national title story because we'd all remember them as like the nine seed that went on. They'd be the lowest ever seed to win the tournament. A nine seed has never won the tournament before, so we'd remember them as that underdog story. And then you'd look up, be like, oh, they went thirty six and three. Like it, it's just a it, it's a team that knows how to win games. I think it'd be good for college basketball, good for my mid majors out there as well to kind of. Uh, get some respect of, you know, these dominant teams can go on a run and can win the whole thing. Yeah. And Sean's right. If FAU could have hit open threes, they would have beat Tennessee by 30. Uh, so, which is true. And that's the thing about FAU is they shoot a bunch of threes. Sometimes they make them. Sometimes they miss them. When they miss them, the rebound goes like 20 feet in one direction. And then they go get the rebound and they out rebound teams. It's crazy. I think whoever wins that game between them and San Diego state is going to be who I ride with though, because San Diego state's another program that has been, and like the, I, that's why I liked them and Creighton playing each other. Just two programs that are good basketball programs for the most part, but have never really uh, done it in the tournament. Like they're always around, they're always in the dance, but a deep run has never really been in the cards for them. I think that'd be really good for the uh, SDSU program too. If they got a national title, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. From the mountain West, no mountain West team had been the elite eight. Now they're uh, one way, one game away from the national championship game. All right, Sam, that'll wrap it up for this Monday show. Uh, Probably tomorrow talking about an interesting mock draft that came out about the Tennessee Titans, but make sure before you head out, you give us that thumbs up, give us that like on the show before you go. That's on Facebook, on YouTube. Again, hit that hit that like button. I, I know for a fact more people are watching right now than have hit the like button. So if you haven't done it yet, please do it. We'd appreciate that. Buck Rising will be live tonight, 8 to Z Sports Primetime. We'll see you tomorrow morning at 8. Appreciate it as always.